0: You know what my real fear is? What's that? Why I don't talk so closely into the phone? That you're going to hear me breathing. Like.
1: Yeah, you can move back a little. But you should be.
0: Well, I can do that and then move away when I'm not talking. Is that helpful?
1: Yeah, I suppose. Welcome. It's the needle in the mouse. Episode 41.
0: <laughs> I just want to keep going.
1: Dan Fromer with Lauren Sherman hello we're back in new york it's new year's weekend
0: we were where we were in la for we've a week. been
1: on hiatus for a month like for bill- two
0: months what yeah i looked it was november the last time we posted
1: oh my gosh it was right before i left for japan yeah two months like we're like bill maher yeah we get two month unscheduled vacations yeah,
0: except we don't do 13 weeks in a row we could let's make a make a goal
1: is that a dare
0: (laughs) should we try instead of doing a cleanse in january to do every single week i think that's easy to do because then it's fashion week and it'll be insane
1: all right let's try it insane because next week is ces which i'm going to tomorrow morning which is monday morning this show will go up probably sunday night monday morning sometime before i leave and then it's ces Previously, the Consumer Electronics Show, but now in the PR guidelines, they say, do not call it the Consumer Electronics Show.
0: Because they don't want it to sound um, – well, why? Because they don't want it to sound too much about electronics because it's more of technology or something?
1: Um, Here, let me see if I can find this page really quickly. I think partially because – It's not just consumer electronics now. It's also, like, health stuff and a lot of other brands go there. Like, I don't know if I told this story last year, but I was having dinner with some important friends of mine, people who are much more important than me, and uh, they had a meeting the next day with Ziploc. Because, Hmm. of course, Ziploc goes to CES.
0: So is it kind of like, what's that can, can lions? So it's like more of just an advertising industry thing now?
1: I think it's just kind of everything. It's just like all kinds of random people show up. Like uh, I got an email inviting me to Whirlpool's booth. It's like, I guess that's consumer electronics, but I don't know. Where's the, uh, I'm looking for the media section where they basically tell you where is it uh yeah i'm not gonna find this i don't think but it used to be called like uh, oh well i don't know
0: i i really hate when um it used to be called like
1: it used to have a stupid name like ces dash the consumer electronics show dash 20 something up.
0: yeah I really hate when companies suggest how you should refer to something because I just feel like it's like um vanity spellings. When people email me and they're like, "Can you change?" Um, We use a you know uppercase V. Yeah. You know, in the middle of a word, that kind of stuff that really annoys me.
1: Here we go. Don't publicity tips. Uh. Man, all right. I'm not going to find this, so let's not even look anymore. But basically, yeah, that was always hard for me because we'd have to figure out, like, okay, does Apple get iPod with a lowercase i? Mm Because it looks stupid when you have a capital I Yeah. in the headline. But, like, when we worked at Forbes, they would make us put iPod in the the headline in capital until I was like, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. Don't do that anymore. Um,
0: Well, some vanity spellings become – it's kind of like – some of them become so common that it doesn't bother you anymore, but some of them are really annoying. It just depends. Yeah, it depends on if it's like, not if like, it's a... like
1: all caps except one lowercase letter. Mm-hmm. Then no, it's that's like, come super on, dumb. come on, guys, don't do that. Uh, all right. Well, it has been two months. What happened? I went to Japan and Korea. I watched a uh, cloned dog be birthed. Two cloned dogs be birthed. Someday I'll talk more about that. Uh, what else? I bought, I ordered some weird shoes from Japan. Mm-hmm. They're here and some New Balance. Those are funny. And um, Christmas happened. Nothing really exciting, though. Anything.
0: I went to L.A. like seven times. Or I went to California twice. I went to Miami.
1: <laughs> and Miami.
0: Where else did I go? Anywhere else?
1: Um. Yeah, we went to Nashville.
0: Oh, yeah, that was super fun.
1: That was great. What mm-hmm. did we do in Nashville? We bought uh, jeans that are too small for us. Yeah, I've been, so been stretching have... them out.
0: I mean, mine, mine look really good, though, even though they're too small. <laughs>
1: mine will I guess they're not actually fit eventually. Too small, but... We got jeans from I'm a Jean and Willie. We had a very, very fun tryout session in the store, and somehow I impulse purchased some jeans that are not only – more than i'd like to spend on jeans but also too small.
0: Well, here's the thing about jeans. If you buy them to fit comfortably, then they get too big and they don't they look sloppy. So you're supposed to buy them to look like to look good, but then they're a little uncomfortable for a while.
1: Yeah. I don't mind them being too big though cuz i wear a belt every day.
0: I don't. Right. And i want them to look nice so. I don't know. Mine oh, aren't too bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I've been browsing the internet, which is why I've been fairly boring. No to <laughs> editors. The official name of the global technology event is CES. Oh, well. Here, open uh, Open quote. C capital C capital E capital S registration mark. You know the R in a circle. Period. End quote.
0: If they really want you to use their, the... The
1: official name is CES. Please do not use, quote-unquote, Consumer Electronic Show, or the previous name, International CES, to refer to the event.
0: Why? Do they have a reason? No.
1: I mean, it's just the official... Well, you know why? Because they've also had problems changing the name of their organization, too. About Consumer Technology Association, Consumer Technology Association, CTA, trademark, formerly Consumer Electronics Association, CEA, registered, is the trade association representing the $285 billion U.S. consumer technology industry. So they changed their name and the show's name all the time. Great. Whatevs. Anyway, I'm going to go. I'm going to hang out with some robots. I'm going to fly a drone. I'm going to videotape some weird stuff. I'm hopefully not going to get sick because that's what happens at CES every year. Everybody gets sick. And I'm hopefully not going to do anything embarrassing in a club sponsored by some Chinese phone company.
0: That sounds super fun. Do you have any food things you want to do there?
1: I was thinking about trying to go to the Thai place. What is it called? Lotus Lotus of Siam. Siam. Yeah. But I think it might be a shit show.
0: Yeah, but I think they take reservations. You should see. I think I'd Or look go at don't. like 3 or p.m. Like or call. something.
1: Well, we were going to go tomorrow night when we get in. Why
0: don't you do that? Just try it. I guess it. I could
1: call them and see how busy it is.
0: It's really good, but did you check to see if you can eat anything? No. I would do that also.
1: Okay. Gluten kills. Um, all right. Well, we do have some stuff we want to talk yeah, about now that I've, we're eight minutes into the yeah, show. Yeah, I
0: found it, an old list. Oh, from... well,
1: why don't we start a new list?
0: Okay, well, one of the things that we wanted to talk about when we were going to do this the week of November 16th <laughs> was that guy, that Philadelphia chef, Vetri, selling to Urban Outfitters. I don't oh, know yeah. if he sold the whole company. Can you look it up really quickly? I don't Urban remember. Urban
1: Outfitters bought a, like a restaurant chain. Yeah, and, and it's the, it's the guy that...
0: the guy is um like a really well-regarded chef in Philadelphia, I believe. Hmm. Vetri. Can you look his name up and just oh, see Oh, sure.
1: It? Hold on. Do we have the Jeopardy music in the background?
0: Na, 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 uh, na,
1: na. Urban Outfitters. Oh man, this is chef. <laughs> uh, okay, why big name chefs are opening restaurants? So it's Mark Vetri or Vitri uh, Pizzeria Vetri Vitri.
0: I think it's Vetri, That makes more in, sense.
1: In uh, Philly, I guess? Yeah. Also, some other restaurants. So, anyway, what, what's the idea is that Urban Outfitters is going to have pizzas, pizza places in its stores?
0: Is that really the idea?
1: According to Elise, Urban plans to expand the Pizzeria Vitri Vetri brand into forthcoming Urban Outfitters spaces.
0: I think that's super smart. So, in... In Williamsburg, they have a restaurant in their shop that Hold you hate on. going into.
1: This post has been updated to reflect a correction. Urban Outfitters has not confirmed that every new location of its retail stores will include a pizzeria, only that the company plans to open three new pizzerias in the new year, and some of these may be built into retail stores. Well,
0: obviously, not every single Urban Outfitters is going to have a pizza place.
1: <laughs> Urban Outfitters plans to spend no more than $1 million on the build-out of each new restaurant. Great. The retailer spent less than $20 million on the acquisition. Anyway, so, the big idea is shopping and food in one in one, uh, in one, one roof. Yeah,
0: and they already do that in Williamsburg. I don't know how successful it's been there. Do you like we, it? Well, we haven't been in the restaurant.
1: Do you like the idea, though? Yeah, I
0: love it. I mean, this is not a new idea. And I think that, I, I mean, I guess it was a really good headline and maybe it was a slow news day. But I don't think it's crazy at all. Like look at, um, in New York, Ralph Ralph Lauren's been opening cafes and restaurants in different cities um, connected to his kind of higher end retail for years. And last year, I think in 2014 or well, two years ago, 2000, early 2015, he opened this restaurant called Polo Bar next to the Polo store on Fifth Avenue. Um, And it's a gotten really great reviews be ridiculously expensive, see really hard to get into, but I've been and it's super super fun. It's yeah. like I don't it's like Disneyland, restaurant Disneyland and the same way that Ralph Lauren stores are like preppy Disneyland. They're a complete fantasy. And the food was good and and it's a really fun experience. I mean, obviously Urban Outfitters is a little different, but um in there Store on Thirty Fourth Street, Urban Outfitters has like a cute little coffee shop that's supposedly Australian. I don't know if it's kind of fake. They're trying to make be- Australian. So, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. it's an Australian, but maybe it's like qu- Australian themed. Like it's supposed to be like Toby's Estate or something. Mm. Um, they they sell flat whites, and you know, coffee culture is huge in Australia, so it's kind of riffing on that. I'm not sure if the company who um, it's the way it's branded, if it's an urban outfitters brand or it's a company that they've invested in. Um, but they also have a really, really good salad bar that I've eaten at because really? I, I have to go around there a lot to, cause that's where a lot of designers studios are.
1: Where is it on the West side?
0: No, it's on 34th and it's right when you get off the subway. So like 34th oh. and Broadway or 34th and Sixth, and I have to cool. go like in the thirties on to like 7th Avenue a lot, um, Mm -hmm. around there. And so if I'm there during the middle of the day, I just grab lunch there and it's delicious. It's just like by the pound little salad bar. Yeah. It's great. Um, so I think that's, that's a great example of it really working. Um,
1: I mean also like Colette, yeah yeah all the concept
0: stores so on the high end this is a thing that's been going on for years like ralph lauren um giorgio armani has has a ton of cafes (gasps) merci has three giorgio armani has a ton of cafes um they have restaurants in new york this is not not a new thing um I think on the kind of more mass level. Also, if you go to a department store abroad, they have these huge food halls. Right. So if you go to Marks and Spencers in the UK, which is like a, I don't, I mean, there's really no um, equivalent here, but it's kind of like an,
1: mono, a nice monoprix.
0: Well. Yeah, it's like Monoprix, but there's <laughs> yeah. no really equivalent no. in the U.S. But Monoprix has grocery stores yeah. in in France. Marks I mean, the best thing I Harrits has a food in hall. Tokyo
1: was that. Uh, what was the, it? Was the Toro scallion roll in the basement of Takashimaya? Yeah,
0: that's just a thing that any in Canada. It's the same thing. For some reason, in the U.S., it's not. A lot of um, department stores have restaurants, but they don't right. have these, like, food halls. I but remember
1: Marshall Fields in a Chicago, road, yeah. the best restaurant, like, when I was a kid, that, I mean, it was a special occasion that my yeah. aunt took me to. I forgot what it was called, though. It was like the the oak, the uh, acorn room or something. That-
0: yeah. Yeah, Sorry. all those, all those. <laughs> I, I mean, department stores have always had restaurants. It's it's completely normal. Normal. I think it's just on this. Um, you know, Club Monaco is a good example. There, that's another Ralph Lauren company. I don't know if you knew the Club Monaco not, was owned by I Ralph Lauren. Know that. Yeah, it's interesting, but they have a Toby's Estate coffee next yeah, to their that Fifth Avenue flagship, little
1: baby Strand bookstore. Yeah,
0: and a little flower shop. It's a yeah, really I, smart. I, the thing is here's the thing. I just did this big story that we can talk about after this. That is, that was published today about kind of how the department store is transforming and whatever, whatever level you are at of retail, you, people can buy crap online. Yeah. So to get someone to go in and spend a few hours in your store, it has to be more than just, I'm going to the gap to buy socks because you can do that and they come the next day. So why would you bother right. spent wasting time?
1: Experiential.
0: Yeah. I mean that it sounds cheesy, but it's a huge yeah. thing. And urban outfitters, one thing I've, I've been looking at them a lot because they've been really smart. They were having trouble just like every other specialty retailer and teen retailer. Cause they're a specialty retailer and they're a teen retailer. So they were kind of screwed two ways. Um,
1: I mean if that but, J crew by my office had a coffee shop in it I'd go in probably 3 days a week instead of once every 3 yeah. weeks.
0: And and so urban outfitters, you know, they they should be doing really badly right now, but they're not because they kind of, you know, fast fashion has kind of killed specialty retail and teen retail. You know, everyone who wants cheap stuff goes to Zara and H&M because they have Way more of it, and it's it's way more on trend. And Urban was suffering from that, but they were really smart and figured it out. Um, I'm looking into why. A, a big reason is experience, though. Do I buy stuff at Urban Outfitters? Not often. Do I go into that store just to walk around a lot? Yeah. And same thing with Anthropology. I haven't bought something there in years, but. I do actually shop at Urban sometimes, but anthropology is not my thing, but I go in there and yeah. Racked had a really good, um, Javi, the features writer at Racked, had, did a great, um, kind of big story on, on why anthropology kind of draws you in, why it, why it works. And, and they've been really smart. I mean... Free People, their Hippie Dippy brand that used to be only at Urban Outfitters is now its standalone brand. Those stores even, are doing even well. Fifth Avenue now. The, yeah, that, that brand is doing really really well. That brand does activewear, oh, so it's yeah. like crochet and activewear and and that performs <laughs> well. They've just been really smart about um you know Free People, I did a story a few years ago. They were one of the first brands to really use user generated content in a smart way. Like they found the users who looked good and made them little stars and would invite them to the stores for signings and special experiences. And, and they really, um, they really took it take advantage of user generated content in a way that I don't think most brands are smart enough or discerning enough to do. Um, and so Urban is smart and yes, I if I'm gonna go to their store in Williamsburg, we've never eaten eaten at the restaurant there because to be honest it just doesn't sound that good and it's on a on the roof. It's not it never like apparently there's a location in LA too. I think the guy was on top chef. Um it's the gorbels the gorbels yeah it just the name is t- a turn off it sounds like mice or something so uh that's wh- <laughs> and it's it, it's a weird it kind of does yeah it's a roar, weird roar. yeah it's a weird um i don't know it just doesn't sound that appealing and it never got hot but if it was really good
1: yeah well so what do you think of like a fancy pizza place
0: yeah i think that's super smart i mean yeah. Maybe who doesn't want to go to that? You know, who doesn't want to go in Midtown on 34th Street where there isn't a lot of food? It's a really good option for me.
1: Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, let's see what, how they do with it. And
0: I think more companies should do and stuff like that. Let's hope that all
1: the clothes don't start smelling like like yeah, pizza. pizza.
0: Well, also the other thing is
1: I guess that's a good smell to have, though.
0: Yeah. The other thing is that stores are should be shrinking in size anyway. Right. So like Having, I mean, Barnes and Noble did this at some point with the coffee shop, you know, Starbucks, but (laughs) sort of, but
1: not, not to great success. No, but
0: but I'm sure it was successful early on.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's probably the best part of the store. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Good. Good.
0: What else do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I want to talk about this book I just oh, read. Oh, yeah. Let's I finally, talk about I f- it. I probably started, I don't know, five or ten books in the last year, and yeah. I finished zero of them yeah. until yesterday.
0: Yeah, I just, same with me. I just finished a book yesterday also.
1: And the book is called Amatora mm-hmm. by W. David Marks. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And hold on, let me get the, the cover. The uh, subtitle is How Japan Saved American Style. I can't wait to read it. It's an amazing book. Well, I mean, it's very detailed. One of the um, – I was chatting with someone else who had read it, and he said it's a little too detailed. And and the, the beginning – because the beginning is like 1950s, like mm-hmm. real history stuff, it may feel a little like a textbook. Um, but once we start getting into the more contemporary stuff, it kind of – goes pretty quickly yeah maybe maybe actually a little too quickly um but the big idea is basically after world war ii um some of the fashion culture in japan was basically like how to look american yeah and the first one of the first um kind of waves was Quote unquote Ivy League fashion.
0: So that's where that book Take Ivy came from, which we definitely have that somewhere. No, we don't. We
1: need to get it though. Uh,
0: I'm pretty sure we have it. Positive we don't. I almost bought it once. I think that we I think I have it on my shelf.
1: That'd be cool though. Because then I wouldn't have to buy it.
0: Ninety nine point nine percent sure I own it. Okay.
1: Uh which is funny because the then they try to go to the Ivy League schools and find people wearing these clothes but no one was wearing any of them. They yeah. were all just wearing like flip flops and that kind of stuff. Um but then it gets into the um the denim industry and how um Japanese firms learned how to make, you know, American quality denim and then how more recently uh the American companies are basically recopying the Japanese, per, like the perfected Japanese versions of our original yeah. jeans, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and then also like the streetwear uh, trend with uh, a bathing ape, mm-hmm. all the way to current day, like Uniqlo, cheap, cheap. Actually, I just was in Uniqlo last week in uh, LA, mm-hmm. and they're using the same denim mill that um, – that's in here. Oh, interesting. Kahari or something like that. I think
0: it's called. That's really interesting.
1: For just for some of their, I don't know if that's the right name, by the way, but just for some of their quote unquote salvage genes. Cool. And of course the cheapest salvage genes have the fake, like the fake salvage thing. sewed on. So funny. Later. <laughs> oh
0: my God.
1: Um. So it's really great. I really loved reading this book and two things that stood out. One of them was how, uh, and if you really think about it, kind of almost most trends are like well at least um before social media, like a lot of these fashion trends were um were kind of led from above by the media the fashion media and the and the companies that just needed to sell this stuff,
0: yeah um like they were dictated yeah they were like yeah, telling work people like, like this anymore. is cool
1: this is how you like manuals almost like this is how you must dress and that yeah kind of stuff and it was like the organized fashion media um which are some of them are still around like popeye which i mm-hmm. really like a lot and uh free and easy and that kind of stuff and then the companies like this company van which made suits and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff like they were the ones who they're the ones who made take ivy like that was a, a company project that's so interesting yeah. And
0: does it still work like that there? Because it doesn't work like that here as much.
1: I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm probably not. I think um It'd I think it's be t- cool to have that guy on. Um, I think it's. Yeah, we should. We should see if we can get him on over Skype. Yeah, we have a mutual fun. friend. So my yeah. friend uh, Craig is mentioned in the. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um So we'll see if we can. We'll see if we can do that. But it, is, it was really great. I really liked reading it. It's like two hundred and. 50-some pages, maybe two – yeah. And um, and I read it in, I don't know, a month, but like just a couple hours here and there. And I really liked it, and so I recommend it. I will, we'll put a link on the website to it. Uh, and the name is like Amatora, which is like uh, kind of shortened slang for American traditional. Mm-hmm. And – just kind of goes through all the waves of, and, of like dressing like an American. What did it
0: say your style was? Oh
1: yeah. So there was like the first there was the Ivy, and then, um, and then there were some other things. Like then there was a period where, uh, I'm maybe getting the, the chronology wrong in this, but there was like a period where um, international designers were cool, and that's when Beams released. Uh, Caught on importing. So like it was like European, Armani and... That kind of stuff. Yeah. And then... That must have been the earliest, like... Um, late there sodas. was, like... I think there were five waves of ivy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny. And, it was like, and then the third ivy wave came through. Um, but then there was a, a, a wave of, like... Because they were looking to America for cues. So then Americans were wearing, like, really heavy-duty, rugged, um, outdoorsy clothes. Yeah, And so then there was a phase of that. But then ivy came back again. So there was kind of a hybrid... That they noticed of uh they call it heavy duty ivy I love that I think that's basically what I wear every day it's, it's so like a true mixture of like uh preppy stuff and then camping gear <laughs> yeah,
0: it's so true. I love yeah, that heavy was, duty ivy the guy even looked like you the little illustration, yeah, it was cool
1: it was like a, yeah. like a rain jacket with uh a nice shirt underneath. yeah, it. it
0: was funny. um do you want to hear about the book I read? yeah. So I read this book, and I've been reading this book basically all year long. I'd read like a chapter, and then I wouldn't re- look at it for a month. It came out in February. It's called "Gods and Kings: The Rise and Fall of Alexander McQueen and John Galliano." And it's by this woman, Dana Thomas, who wrote this really great book. In it came out, I think, in like 2005 or six, called "Deluxe." How Luxury Lost Its Luster. And it's it was one of the first books I read when I, I became a reporter. And it really influenced me wanting to kind of write about the business side of of the fashion industry. Um, And she, Dana Thomas, has been a reporter for know, probably like 30 years or something. And she lives in Paris and writes for, she used to work at Newsweek, I think. I think she worked at Time and she used to write for the Washington Post. Like, just very straightforward fashion stuff. She's not, um, she's a journalist. She's not like a fashion editor or whatever. Um, and so I was always really drawn to her. She's a really good reporter, but so this book she wrote, I don't think, I don't know if you're really interested in the fashion industry and you're interested in John Galliano, who was the, um, creative director at Christian Dior for a long time, but then was fired because he was super drunk at some cafe and said all these insane racial and anti-Semitic slurs. Um that was I think recently, that, right? That happened in like 2011. Um, and now he's the creative director or artistic director or whatever of um, Maison Margiela, which is another um, Martin Margiela's house. And Martin Margiela now is recluse and and paints or something um he's he's not a fashion designer anymore but anyway and then it's also about alexander mcqueen who is i think about 10 years younger than galliano but was just they're both british they're both kind of come from poor backgrounds alexander mcqueen in particular i think his dad was a cab driver or something um and they both went to central saint martin's in in the uk and kind of came up in the 90s and they're, the reason it's so interesting is a they are both really really great talents, and when you look around at what's in fashion right now and who kind of leads the houses, there are very very talented people. But in terms of vision, um, it's especially Alexander McQueen. There's just no one that I can think of who's who's younger that has that same thing. That specialness, then it's, it's it's really interesting. These like real designers. There's a difference. They always say that Carl Lagerfeld, they call it stylist or something, S-T-Y-L-I-S-T-E. And it's about like being a good creative director, and that's what Carl Lagerfeld is, and then being a good designer, and that's what Yves Saint Laurent was. And so um, there's a difference, and there's a book called The Beautiful Fall, and that's about the relationship between um, Karl Lagerfeld and Yves Saint Laurent, and that book kind of mirrors this book about Galliano and McQueen. Um, that book is much better than this book. Um, this book, Galliano McQueen book, is really jumbled and it's sort of gossipy, and it got torn to shreds in, in the papers. People just really hated it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was super interesting. And I think if you, um, are at all interested in how fashion went from being this kind of small industry to being this huge global industry, then you should read it because they were kind of at the center of that. In the nineties, Galliano was named, um, the head Designer at Dior and McQueen was named the head designer at Givenchy, these two you know old Parisian fashion houses and with their help, they transformed into you know really big names. McQueen ended up leaving Givenchy and and um it's still a pretty small business. The designer there now um is doing really well, but it's it's nothing I mean Dior is a powerhouse it's you know it's hermes. Chanel than Louis Vuitton and Dior or or what have you in terms of importance Louis Vuitton is probably the biggest out of all of them but in terms of importance and status or what have you um but it's it's just really interesting there's a lot of it's not the, the most perfect book but I'm just so happy I read it and I think if you're interested in fashion and and kind of the inner workings of fashion even if you're not you don't need to be a fashion insider. You need to just be interested in the inner work, workings of fashion. It's totally worth it. And I do think that um I think the people who reviewed a lot of the people who reviewed it didn't like the point of view she took and that's why they didn't like it not because it wasn't a good book. And I think that um it's totally worth reading and and super just so fascinating and there's so much more to be said about both of them and and one of the criticisms of the book was that it was too close to the time that it happened like maybe 10 years from now it would have been better to write about it not you know mcqueen committed suicide in 2010 galliano had his nervous breakdown in 2011 so it's not that far from you know from now but um I just thought it was interesting, and I'm so, so glad I finished it. I have so many other books that I really need to read this year. I have a whole shelf full, but, um, but I'm glad I got through that. And I'm going to try this year not to read as many fashion books. How can
1: we make sure we just read more books, period?
0: Well, our friend Erica Cerullo, who's one of the co-founders of Of A Kind, um, she read a book a week. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I just don't understand how that's possible. You have to be a really fast reader. You could probably do it. You're a much faster reader than me.
1: Uh, Well, when I'm reading a book, I really want to understand. I have to reread each page like three times because I immediately drift off into thought yeah. about something else and then I have to reread what I've missed. Yeah. I am also read probably the book's equivalent of other stuff like long-form magazine features and yeah. Four-minute blog posts and that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean, we do read a maybe spend less time on Twitter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) probably. I know I read a ton, but I read a lot of long-form magazine stuff. Yeah. Um, I think my I'm trying to look at what is going to be the top of my list. I really want to read The Late Shift by Bill Carter. I bought that this year. Great. And I'll read that. That's probably at the top of my list.
1: Now that it's irrelevant.
0: Well, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's more about the structure of the book. I'm really interested in that. Um, oh, cool. You know, I feel like those kinds of books are usually poorly done, and that one seems to have a lot of lasting power. So cool. I'm I'm going to read it, and there are a bunch of other ones I want to read, but we'll see. Good. What George. else are you excited for this year?
1: Well, I'm excited about today we, we replaced your Apple Watch because mm-hmm. it, it broke. The back came off. Yeah. I'm excited about the new one.
0: Are you going to get it?
1: Yeah, we're both. We're gonna, definitely. Have, we have to get it.
0: Why? Because we're the only people who make? actually use it. But, know,
1: we'll sell these on eBay and then we'll get the new one.
0: I don't know. I feel like I haven't even had this for a year.
1: Almost. Well, you've done 11,000 steps a day. Yeah, that's that thing not. Off.
0: That's only for the first. Yeah, because I took Alfred for a walk, and then I also I mean, did went. Did I
1: do? Um, did you want to talk about department stores? That was something we kind that of I did already. Oh, like the the.
0: Food, yeah, food hall. I mean, department stores are are didn't do good this quarter. This is when they do well, and they were screwed in America, at least, especially at the high end. They did really badly the The currency stuff was an issue. The fact that it's really warm out, no one was buying anything. Yeah, that was
1: weird. I mean
0: that that was an issue. that's going to be an issue for all retailers. Yeah, that's going to
1: be January when the earnings start. Yeah, it's going to be gonna bad. We're going to be hearing all kinds of crap about.
0: But weather. yeah, I mean, I don't know if they can be fixed. I think the ones that are smaller and you know are more focused on getting people to stick around for more than, you know, 25 minutes are going to do better. I think that's why places like Sears are, are, you know, basically don't exist anymore because why do you need to go there? mean, you know, at least at target, you can do all of your shopping in one place. Yeah. But I think all of these stores are just going to have more, it's going to be get harder and harder and harder. It's not. And you know, the idea that depart, you know, e-commerce is going to replace brick and mortar that's not that's irrelevant now i mean that's not going to happen but it is changing Mm -hmm. there will always be stores and they'll always need to exist it's just how print will always exist in some form but probably not in the form that it is in right now
1: yeah all right well we'll keep going to them until we stop i guess yeah
0: i love shopping
1: um Cool. Well, should we call us a a show, and then we'll do our best to come back next week?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good idea, and and maybe we could have some guests this year. Yeah,
1: we'll have to. There are a lot of people who say
0: they'll they'll come on the show. I don't know if we have to pay for them to have a driver to come here though. (laughs) We'll work on that.
1: Uh, well, thanks for tuning in. As always, we welcome your questions and comments. And if you want us to answer any of your questions, we're happy to do that too. The email is hello at com, Or you can send us a Twitter message at needleandmouse.
0: And if there was someone who sent us a query that we haven't answered, I feel like there was one person. If you want to resend it, because I definitely delete all my emails. <laughs> I can that'd
1: look. to. That would be great. Uh, cool. Well, thanks again for tuning in. As always, you can subscribe to this show on SoundCloud and iTunes. And thank you, as always, to Alan Lawrence, who I got to hang out with in Tokyo for the theme music.
0: Thanks, Alan.
1: We'll catch you next week.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I I dare you. All right. See you soon. Bye.